0: Welcome to Which Game First? Where we explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, we light up the night sky with brilliant D6s in Dice Stars. Next up, we sail our airships in search of fame and riches in Libertalia and the Winds of Galecrest. And lastly, we test our sharp instincts and sharper reflexes in Snoopy and the Red Baron. I'm your host, Celestia Angels here with my decades-long gaming buddies, Evan Bernstein. Hello, everyone. Ed Povolitis. Hi,
1: guys. With Ready Game. Ah! And Mike Grenier. That's a bingo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Our first game up this week is Dice Stars, designed by Bruno Cathala and Ludovic Maublanc, published by Madagat and WizKids in 2016. Number of players, one to four, ages 10 and up, playtime, 30 minutes. Well, Mikey, tell us what's in the little box.
1: In the beginning... There was a speck of immeasurably dense matter. It reached critical mass, and an immense explosion sent all matter hurtling from it. And as it slowed and cooled and formed planets, nebula, and the scintillating and colorful starry dice that you see bursting forth from the center of this box. Wow. I know, right. So it's like that think that's moment. your
2: longest box description ever.
1: <laughs> and most for, epic and important <laughs> for one of the smallest boxes. <laughs> yeah. um, upon further examination, we find fourteen dice, five of them white, four blue, three purple, and two black. There's a baggo, a little cloth baggo, and a stack of score sheets. And that's what's in the yeah. box. Well, before we tell you,
0: were there real stars in this game evan please observe the rules for us
2: dice stars is a roll and write dice game in which you have to make the best decision to score the maximum number of points on your turn choose one two or three dice at random out of a bag the dice are d6s and there are stars in place of the ones roll them Take either all the dice of the same color or all the dice of the same value. Any dice you do not take, they remain in the pool for the next player to potentially use after they roll. If you choose a star or stars from the pool, all the dice scored up to that point, they get returned to the bag. Plus, the next player has the option of putting all the dice in the active pool back into the bag as well. So you got choices there. Descending on the di- depending on the dice that a player chooses to take will determine how they record their score. Stars count towards unlocking multiplier bonuses, and numbers get scored left to right on that number's track. Color scores are vertical columns along the same number track, so it's a grid. The end of the game is triggered when a player fills all 20 white boxes in their grid, or if a player's Column overflows. You have to stop the game at that point. You count up the points, and the victory is declared. And of course, a star is born. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that was kind of- <laughs> yeah, know that
1: coming.
2: <laughs> well,
0: we got to play this in person, and I actually picked up this box uh, at while on vacation in Florida mm-hmm. at a retro game store called Past Present. Future Comics. Now, oh it's crap. not just a comic store. And to me, it was way more of a game store than a comic store. Tons mm-hmm. of comics. But holy cow, their game selection, going back to, I got to imagine, the 70s, was incredible. <laughs> it really was. Uh, they, I think they said they were there for like more than 30 plus years. So there was a lot to look at. It was really fantastic. It was, it was sort of like hunting through an artifact. You know, store like an almost <laughs> almost like a thrift shop of games. It was really fantastic. So this little box was one of the many roll and write games that they had there. Um, and I wanted to pick it up because, you know me, I love roll and writes. What mm-hmm. did you guys think of the way it, it looked? Mainly, it's the score pad, right? So what do you guys think?
1: Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. I mean, there wasn't Gentleman. much to the score pad. <laughs> you well, know, not, the know. What are you talking about,
0: Mike? There's I exploding asteroids on it, and all this color. <laughs> are you kidding all me? Right. For Rolling and Right, and yeah, for Rolling Right, I thought they went all in on the print job. I really it liked nice. it a lot.
1: No, it is nice. um, and that's just, really I just what meant it's that about. It's simple, right? Yeah, and dominated by numbers, but yeah,
0: it's uh, it's all right. It's all right. Simple. Speak for yourself. What did you guys <laughs> think of the play? The the rolling of the dice and the so many different ways to put dice.
3: Yeah, that's the cool part for me. There there were different ways to select the dice and put a value in those. Where you're hunting for the big value to fill in a box, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, wow, I could take these dice to fill in that box, but I could take these other dice. And fill in this other box, and then that one's a little harder to fill in, but it's a lower value. If I put this other <laughs> collection, it's a higher value, which means well, more points, higher, better, right?
0: Uh yes, yeah. except- maybe that's the thing.
3: <laughs> maybe that's the answer, and I, I think that's the cool yeah. part.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. it is the cool part because you're constantly balancing, using tons of dice. And taking the risk of like xing off a lot of boxes, or going nice and slow and filling mm-hmm. in a number on every single box, but mm-hmm. don't let people pass you by while you're just getting one point per turn. So it's a tough balance.
1: Yep. I mean, for me, I saw an opportunity to get a sixes with a multiplier on it, uh, which is difficult to do. And and the thing is, right. if you take your stars to get that multiplier, it takes more to fill the column of stars and if you don't fill them all in you get no points for the whole column, right. so you could waste all those. Your investment yeah, yeah. goes right down the tubes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, which I mean, immediately drew me to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> high risk,
2: high reward. What more
1: does exactly. Mike need?
3: Yeah, That's like, all I need. big push. <laughs> like, like I ignored the stars early on because I didn't know which boxes I was gonna fill. I didn't want to fill in a row and, mm-hmm. and, and waste stars, so I fill in the boxes first. Inefficient and then go
0: for
1: stars. <laughs>
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Ed cannot cannot stomach inefficiency.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I hate it too, though. I, that's, that's where I'm torn. You know, I hate inefficiency, but I also don't want to miss out on that huge opportunity. So was, yeah. this game had me pulled in both directions.
0: Yeah. It, I liked that there were opportunities here for to keep going in a bonus section of numbers. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot um, because choosing colors instead of going with numbers on dice, you could also choose the color of dice. Mm-hmm. Gosh, those boxes filled up fast. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, as soon as you're like, oh, "I'll go yellow, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I can never go yellow again. Like if mm-hmm. you fill in three, then you can only ever use yellow again if you get a one or a two because there's only five boxes.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: it was really nice to get those extra spots.
1: Yeah, it felt like the, the uh, colors dice. could really clog up your board to a yeah. point where you... Big time. Didn't score as much, I thought.
0: It's a great uh, opportunity because it goes consecutively for numbers two through six, and then mm-hmm. the colors are a top. It's a great opportunity mm-hmm. to get higher numbers in those two boxes.
2: Yeah. Because you can choose true. the yes. color
0: instead. Yeah.
2: But
0: yeah. But then you true only you have to choose one die though. Because then you can only <laughs> I, do one die. Otherwise it's just an <laughs> X in the box.
1: Yep. Uh I kind of Not noticed too that there's like a one man's trash is another man's treasure kind of thing going on. You know, because some of the dice get left on the table. So, oh, if you mm-hmm. see a six, you're probably going to grab the six, but that means you're leaving behind stars or fives or whatever. And so, the next person, they'll roll and they can roll into even more of those things, and they can, you know, you can get a pretty big score by just using what's left on the table.
2: And how's this for another layer of complexity, <laughs> which I think, which I think is great. You don't have to roll three all three dice. You can roll two dice. You can roll mm-hmm. one die. And believe me, there are plenty of times depending on what's left in the bag versus what's out on the table, you may only really want to roll one die mm-hmm. as opposed to rolling three and being forced to take a bunch of stuff you didn't really want.
0: Yeah. At first, you're like, why would I ever want to roll other than the maximum amount of dice? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Isn't that, that your was first my instinct?
2: More that
1: was my policy. Better? It didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well,
3: sometimes I just balance. wanted to pass a bag that wasn't empty yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> That's, That's true. Right.
0: Leave That's somebody true. with only one die and no choice to, but to mm-hmm. roll it.
2: Ed's the I one don't... who's not taking the stars. That's what resets the bag. So, Ed. Yeah,
1: exactly. He's you leaving know, everything y- you out. You had your hand in that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Literally. That's what gave me the huge six bonus, though. He left all those stars on the table. Yes, he did. So, it was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, it was, oh, was somebody else's job of the t- to
3: take the stars, not mine.
0: Uh, <laughs> It was one of the few right. times where Mike benefited from sitting to Ed's left, right? <laughs> yeah, it was very well, we, that switched
2: that no, we, we switched chairs. No, we time. switched. They switched chairs that day. Ed was after day. me. Ed was after me. <laughs> I was right. after
1: Evan, I think, who Evan uh, definitely took a couple opportunities to leave me with very few options left in the bag, like, you know, one die left in the bag or something. Like that's brutal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that, that's right. <laughs> that's he yeah, like, yeah, took you less to dice just to punk me with less dice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I want to strategy. <laughs> yep. It was. I mean, there's a lot of strategy options a lot. in this game. Yeah. A lot. And I wanted to um, say that I, well, I like two things about this game most of all. And one was that you can end it really almost Abruptly. whenever you want, right? Yeah. A- after a few rounds, after you few can rounds. decide whether or not it should keep going. And everybody mm. tended to decide to keep it rolling because they mm. wanted to see if they could do even better. But yes, if you're greed, ahead, baby, <laughs> if you're ahead and you can suffer a couple of negative points and still be ahead, it's totally worth it to close the game mm-hmm. down early. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. If, to, if you're not getting get that the bonuses, score done. you know, if you're if you're not going for the star bonuses and you see, see somebody's halfway to a couple different ones, it might be time to shut it down. You know, because you're gonna you're gonna ruin their score for a couple of different lines. And
2: Mikey, that actually plays to your advantage. You who likes mm-hmm. to go for the big score. F- as fast as you can get it, mm-hmm. because the faster you can get it, the more likely you would be to get it. You can't sit on yeah. your laurels and then try to go for the big score in this game. Someone's going to lock you out, and oh, it yeah. makes it, I think, five times as hard to, to get all those sixes like you did.
1: hmm Yeah. If you're paying attention to other people's board, you're going to say, uh, I better not go for these stars. You know, later in the game, they kind of get left behind a lot because Mm -hmm. people are scared. But if you fill in the big ones first and then go for the short lines of stars later, you can fill Mm -hmm. in one or two lines instantly. You know what I mean? Mm.
0: Yeah, you really can. You can get Mm -hmm. like two or three stars and you're done with the multiplier lines for the top ones. I liked a lot, before we end this, I liked a lot the solo version of this game. I actually got Mm. to play it while I was on vacation by myself, which I thoroughly enjoyed.
1: Your favorite.
0: First solo vacation I've done in, uh, oh gosh, over a decade. So it was really nice, and I got to play this game by myself. And it was really interesting how the solo version worked. It was, you kind of, you played against an AI that you kept the math for, that you did the math for on your own at the bottom of Neat, your yeah. own score sheet. So at the bottom of your own score sheet is a little grid that's just for solo play where you enter in amounts based on what you left behind as dice. Oh, wow, interesting. So you're kind of playing against your own choices. So you choose something, but oh, then I'm going to leave so much more for the AI player to score. And mm-hmm. they kind of score based on what you're leaving behind. Yeah. I like that a lot. It worked out really well, better than I could have thought. Cool.
1: That's very cool. I should check that out.
0: It's totally worth it. Okay, Explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Dice Stars. Let's start with Ed.
3: I'm not a big and right person,
0: but Dice Stars <laughs>
3: brings a nice element to pushing your luck and reaching for the stars. And for that reason, I'll take it up.
1: Mike? It was fun to go big in this game, but really luck played a bigger role than strategy here for me. I might play again because rolling fistfuls of dice is cool, Um, so I guess for now I'll dig it up. (laughs) Evan?
2: I think Dice Stars is a very good roll and write with enough choices to keep it from getting too repetitive. You have lots of strategies that you can try and try again in different games. Roll it up.
0: (laughs) I'm going to say this is a great deeper roll and write game. Uh, I thought it definitely had a lot more options for strategy. Um, You could really noodle over this one for hours. It's definitely a dig up for me. Uh, What is your favorite star in the Roland Wright universe? We definitely want to know. Please shout us out. Reach to us on Discord, on Twitter, on Facebook. You know the deal. Instagram, whatever. TikTok.
2: Did you Uh, know
3: there's a Twilight Imperium Roland Wright coming out? It's supposed to be no, a 90, 90 right. minute rolling and write. <laughs> It doesn't
0: oh have
2: to the purpose of a roll and <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. They, we'll they're see. redefining roll and I Yeah, I'm so. intrigued. It's bold. It's very right. bold. To be continued. <laughs> hey,
0: everybody. What is up with which game first? Who wants to talk about what's going on? Yeah.
1: Well, I'll um, start.
0: Go ahead, Ev. Hit it.
2: Because it's Thursday we're recording on. And Thursday night, not far after this recording, we're going to be playing a game live on the internet, streaming it live, and you get to see it like you do every Thursday night, 7 oh, o'clock Eastern Time in the United States, so you can watch us accordingly from anywhere in the world. You'll know where to find us. Not only do we play a board game online at some of our favorite board online board game sites... We interact with you. We take your questions. We try to answer them as honestly as possible. But we also play <laughs> trivia games with you, among other fun, fun things and interactions. It's a ton of fun. Seven o'clock Thursday nights. Which game first live?
0: And what happens between us recording the show on Thursday evening and that board game? It is our patron only podcast time. That podcast is called. Piapiapiap.
1: Bonus, bonus points.
2: points. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Way to stretch. <laughs> you
2: get it Did you get that, everyone?
1: <laughs> so you
0: can join us on Discord live if you're a patron of ours. And we really appreciate all the patrons so, so much. Thank mm. you very much. If you want to become a patron of our show, just go to our website. Click on Become a Patron today. And for that, you will get access to live bonus points, recorded bonus points, right to your podcast feed. And... Secret special episodes of Witch Game First on occasion. I think we should record one pretty soon just for the... Uh, Just a secret one, yeah. Yeah, We'll give them a whole um, episode. And of course, you can chat with us on our um, patron-only channels on
1: Discord. So what else is going on? Anything, Mikey? Yeah, everybody's at Gen Con right now. I've been seeing tons of posts going up of them setting up their booths and checking out different games. So, you know, post those games that you're playing and seeing out there. And I'll let you know if we have an episode about them. I'm going to repost telling you I played it and we loved it and it's awesome and everybody Mm -hmm. should check it out. I yeah. think um, Right Wrong Game posted today, and I and I replied back to them and said it was an awesome game. So if you have games out there you're playing at Gen Con and you like them, I'll tell you if we have an episode for them, and, or I'll just do a general shout-out, and maybe we'll play those coming up
0: soon. And likewise, uh, if you guys uh, tag us in Instagram, we'll be happy to repost most of the stuff. If it's game-related, we love that. Tag us in all your Instagram posts, your pay your uh, TikTok or Twitter posts. We would love, love, love to get the opportunity to repost.
3: And uh, th- during the WBC last week, we put a few pictures mm. up there of some of the things going on.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. Ed, mm-hmm. how was 10 up. days at the World it, Board Gaming Championship? I mean, we'll save a lot of how can of it? it
3: go wrong? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. yep. What
0: was the favorite thing you did? We'll just give you a taste. We'll probably save this for a bonus points coming up soon to talk all about the WBC, but... What was your favorite thing? Favorite
3: thing? I mean, it, it's always cool when you do the big community events. For example, um, one of the nights, everybody at 11 p.m. got together in the ballroom for a probably 500-player game of Can't Stop <laughs> no, it's not one oh player. It's not one, it's but nice. dude, that well, meant a nice. lot of tables going on of can't stop with the <laughs> tournament and you keep on playing until they got down to the final winner. Oh,
1: wow, I know a what death I would match. do in a tournament that big <laughs> no. never stop rolling, period. Mm-hmm. That's Some have, sure that's it, do. Do.
3: it didn't know it yep. work out.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah. Probably never worked out.
0: <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, for listening. On to the next game. Our next game up this week is Libertalia, Winds of Galecrest. Designed by Jamie Stagmeyer and Alan Stone. Published by Stonemeyer Games 2022. Number of players, 1 to 6. Ages 14 and up. Playtime, 45 to 60 minutes. All right, Mikey, what's in the beautiful
1: box? <laughs> Alright, on the cover of the box, the competent kitty cat captain stands proudly aloft the bowsprit of his mighty vessel, ready to seek adventure upon the very, very high seas. As we look closer, we see a double-sided game board, 48 loot tokens, a cloth bag, 7 loot tiles, 240 character cards, a midshipman tile, 6 reputation tokens, Fifty-four doubloons, sometimes they're metal if you get the special ones. Uh, A treasure tray slash lid, six graveyard tiles, six score dials, 39 automa cards, and four automa loot tiles for the solo mode, and a custom insert for the cards. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if you should set sail with this game,
0: Evan, dive into the rules.
2: Sure, I'm going to read the rule book, so get ready for the next four hours. <laughs> I kind of made a little condensed version. We'll get into oh, the good. deep stuff, I'm sure, as we review it, but here's the basics. Players are the admiralty of their airships as they pick up crew members and sail through the air to islands filled with treasures. But other players, they are also admirals. Of their ships. Ah. And they're arriving at the same time. And they have plans of their own to grab those delicious Starburst candy looking goodies. (laughs) There's the rub. (laughs) So the game is played over the course of what is called voyages. There are three voyages over the course of the game. Each voyage has a certain number of days. And the number of days are determined by the number of players playing. On each day, you'll have a chance to grab a piece of treasure. Every player gets an identical deck of crew cards. And they're all numbered numbered 1 through 40, and all 40 cards are the same for each player. Players will start with six cards in their hand. They're chosen at random, but everyone has the same number. So, Celeste, if you have the number 8 in your hand, everybody takes the 8 for their hand. Mm -hmm. Got it? And the same, you have the same six cards to start. One card then, in secret, don't tell anyone, gets put into play, and then everyone reveals it simultaneously. Boom. Then the cards are placed in numerical order on the board, low to high. Then the effects start kicking in. You have the daytime effect. It takes place in order from lowest to highest. And assuming that card has a daytime effect, it goes off. Then comes dusk. It's time to grab some loot. Highest number chooses the best loot first. Some cards have dusk effects, and that's when you resolve those as well. And finally, there are nighttime effects. Those occur simultaneously. Everybody gets to play those at the same time. That represents one day of play. Number of days, three voyages. So those are the most basic, basic rules. We'll get deeper into <laughs> it as we no. as we go. But as, of course, the, uh, the object of this game is to be the pirate with the most doubloons at the end of the game. Tell me, when is that not the object of a yeah. pirate-themed <laughs> yeah. game? Uh, I,
3: I don't or know maybe. if there ever is a different objective in a game.
2: Right? In a pirate game, I yeah. In a pirate game? In a pirate game? come on. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yep. Other than go. Well, a lot of but... Euro
1: games where loot is meaningless at the last turn of the game, but not pirate games. Pirate they are games. all about the booty.
2: <laughs> Pirates and doubloons. <laughs> Most doubloons win, so. Yep.
0: Holy. We got this game as a review copy, Ed. Is that right? Yes, we did. All right. From uh, Stonemart, this just came out. Mm-hmm. And what did we think of the components and the look of this game?
3: Well, I think the components are very high quality. From the art on all the cards, the all, all the, the little scoring mechanisms, and particularly the the loot tokens and the, the Bakerite tiles you grab from the night nice bago you know, to start the mm-hmm. the journey. Thank you for acknowledging
2: the bago. As mm-hmm. always, there and very oh my, important, very it's important. Always a plus Ooh. in any game I play.
0: Listen to yeah. that,
2: yeah. Those chits, those, find, they yeah. sound
0: heavy and luxurious, and they They're, are. There's
2: the starburst. Like Star I Burst. told you it was starburst. <laughs> I didn't lie. Um, so, I thought-
0: yeah, it, it's beautiful components, uh, as mm-hmm. is the standard for Stonemeyer Games. They have great quality in their cards, and their boards, and their components. Um, I thought the colors were great. Uh, mm-hmm. Distinctiveness in colors is important. And this game mm-hmm. nailed it. No problems with colors as far as I could see. Um, and just they have a great graphic design sensibility. Mm-hmm. I think the company in general has that. So it's a great looking game. And the art style is uh, interesting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What do yeah, you guys think of the art style?
1: I thought, I thought it was really cool. It's very clean. It's not overly colored um and it's it's not like i wouldn't say it's a watercolor but it's it's got like a little bit of softness kind of like a watercolor yeah it does it feels lush yeah 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 it's it's really nice it's very pleasant to look at and it's you know, okay it's not all the dark colors that you usually see in piracy there's like light blues and gold and like you know a lot of a lot of other colors in the palette
0: okay now we established that the game is hot looking <laughs> but The play (laughs) is is the play, um, as Evan said, and you could tell with the rules, is this play overly complex? I know that's a broad topic and we'll get into it, Mm -hmm. but just your I want sort of a gut instinct at the top of this. Is it too complex?
2: I mean, for me, wasn't for me. No, no. not for me.
1: I think the understanding of the game isn't too complex, but the choosing of your strategy is pretty deep.
3: Which I think is oh, yeah. a nice right. point And it goes into multiple plays. I think it's yeah. always nice yeah. when it's easy to understand what the rules are, but the strategies of how to play the game can be, you know, plumbed for more
2: depth. Yeah, so there's definitely like, distinction there. No doubt about it.
0: I like that we all start with the same five cards, even though there's a big mm-hmm. deck. So yeah. what about that? Six What's cards. the? What are the... Six cards, sorry. What are the benefits of of starting with the same thing, and how does that affect...
1: Well, before before we talk about the strategic part of that, I just want to say they had a really clever way of, like, choosing those cards. Like, one of the decks was just shuffled together, and that person would draw a hand, and everybody else can keep their deck in the right order, because you're going to pull out the card's numbers that you need to. So, as they pull out random ones, everybody else can just go through the ordered deck. And then when it's over, you put the deck back in order, and... You just have one shuffled deck and then one you know and then the rest of the decks are ordered, which I thought yeah, was a it, cool it, way to make it random, but still keep everybody's hand the same.
2: That's right. And the and the hand and your deck your hand will develop over time different from mm-hmm. other players. It's just the starting hand is exactly the same for exactly. everybody. Mm-hmm. And
3: the cards you'll get in the future are exactly the same too. It's just that what people yep. have left in their hands is gonna change over time because everybody's making different decisions, probably. Yep. I mean, they all make the same exact <laughs> season, didn't yep. they? But it's, it's unlikely that would happen. And I thought it was intriguing that you start off with, okay, I know exactly what they have. They have the exact same thing mm-hmm. I'm looking at right now. It's simple. But what yep. are you yep. going to play, Mikey? What about you, Celeste? Mm, yeah. I think right. Celeste and can play this. And that's a big this. problem. I think Mikey's going to play yeah. this. But Evan, <laughs> I don't know. So I'm going to play this. Right. To be safe, he, right, yeah.
0: Right. Oh. And you don't want to have the same card as somebody else because then it's gonna mess up turn order, right, right. Evan? Oh,
2: oh absolutely. Man. And <laughs> I believe on our very first hand, three of the four of us threw the same exact number yep. card. What happens if three players play the same number? What order do they go in? That yeah. is determined by your reputation. Yeah. Keep your reputation intact because the the uh the uh better your reputation, the tiebreaker you get. The better is tiebreaker. Yeah. Is better, yep. yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. you better tiebreaker. So reputation is important to keep track of, and there's all kinds of effects that are happening throughout yeah. the game that's going to send you up and down that reputation track. Yeah, a
1: lot of
0: tiebreakers are needed in this a lot game too. Of, so it's,
1: yeah, don't that's a don't very just poo
0: poo tiebreaking. It's a big part of this game.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you have four players and only five different cards in your hand, you're gonna have ties. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just inevitable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially because certain cards work better early on or later on too so people will want to you know save their high card for the end maybe Mm -hmm. or they you actually see the treasures that are available in each round too so you kind of want to be careful that you don't use up your good card too early or you get stuck with one of the negative point treasures that are in like right that's right
2: you know most treasures good in some way there's a few things in there that are not so right right
0: so I got confused at the beginning and I was concentrating so much on you know learning the different aspects of treasure and when my mm-hmm. and when my powers on the cards were gonna go off daytime nighttime, whatever mm-hmm. um, that I thought my reputation was the highest on the oh. board because <laughs> unfortunately the 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 board or rather the graph for the line for, Reputation is horizontal, so there's no like top and bottom. Which I think it probably Mm. vertical would have been better. Oh, interesting. So it was horizontal. I thought that I had the best reputation when I had the worst because I was at one right. end of that line and I thought yeah, I was I mean, on the right end. I'm well, not
1: sure why you would think that since uh, everybody was earning reputation and you were not.
0: Because I had the least <laughs> amount. so Right. But I was already at the top. Right. So why did I need to earn reputation? <laughs> well, I but think I learned some,
3: another, I said, another lesson factor because of I that. I think might have been, um, been confusion there is that the person right. with the least reputation as a, a kind of play balance factor... They get it's more the money. money. So more doubloons. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm getting all the doubloons, so I must be the, the best guy, right? Right, right, <laughs> right. right. You that got was money, a little
2: confusing. You have more wanted posters at the harbors, <laughs> and therefore your reputation <laughs> takes the dive for
1: yeah, it. Yeah, exactly.
0: Right, I thought it was a reputation among pirates, <laughs> but it's apparently a reputation among the public. <laughs> among some entity that
2: otherwise doesn't come yeah. into effect in this game,
1: right. <sighs>
0: yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it's sort of the opposite of what mm-hmm. I thought. Uh, yeah, so that was that I learned a lesson from, though, because later on, a little strategy tip: don't yes, pay attention to your reputation, but don't pay too much attention to building <laughs> up your reputation because it will definitely be at the de- to the detriment of gaining treasures and other things yes. you need to win this game. Mm-hmm. You can get distracted mm-hmm. by your reputation and overspend resources on it.
2: That's right, and yep. that's why it's good it to eventually. Eventually, you will be moving cards from. The hand that you play, they'll wind up on your deck, and that's going to help you get more money. Um, in which you won't have to worry, so you can concentrate more on your reputation as long as you have the bank coming in with crew members that are on the locked into the deck of your ship.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting mm-hmm. thing that happens in this game is when you play the the creatures up into the to the treasure zone. Uh, later on you'll take them down and put them in your deck but and some of them will do things long term if they're in there mm-hmm. or some other cards will react to how many or what type of people you have in there and we haven't seen all the cards so i don't know what all the interactions are yet yeah that's just true to be a sure lot that there are lots of them <laughs> so you
2: know in a sense it's almost a worker placement game in a way because you're, you're you're moving some of those crew members onto your deck, they stay there unless some effect takes them away. You could have crew members there the entire game, continuing for every day, and and of course, all for all three adventures to continue to pay di- pay dividends or, or grant powers or whatever the heck it is, well, it, is yeah. it is doing. Well, so it's all it's almost like locking in a worker
3: in a way. But they're um, it's good for the journey. There are three journeys, so at the end of every journey, you collect everything, and then it, it usually your board wipe. Then.
1: Yeah, it goes into, like, a fully discarded pile where it's kind of lost in the ether.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right, unless a card gives you an exception to that. Right. There's all sorts of exceptions going on. Oh, yeah, there are. And that's the neat thing. Yes, yes. And and my takeaway from this game overall is that I found every card to be useful. I didn't see anything in there that I would deem, like, oh, a useless card, a throwaway card, a a deck clogger, anything like that. Everything seemed to have a pretty specific purpose.
1: I mean, I would say, like, For the most part that's true, but also because of the way the card effects work and stuff, some of them are way more effective in the early rounds, some of them are way more effective in the later rounds, you know, so it's there's kind of a luck of the draw there, but you know, everybody has to deal with it. Right.
3: I also think there's a it's a lot of fun finding combos in those daylight and sunset Mm -hmm. powers. It's like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. I get this happening in the daylight, and this sets up something
0: mm-hmm. that happen to sunset. Yay!
2: But the blue—what do we <laughs> call that? Synergy bonus. Synergy. Yeah. Yep. I would
0: definitely say that the synergies are critical to winning this game. You you mm-hmm. really can't do it without comboing up properly, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's definitely going to take multiple playthroughs to get right. Yeah. Um, and, I could and, barely get the I could barely get the powers off to any effect, let alone a synergistic mm-hmm. effect. Yeah. Um. Because it's just, I did feel throughout this game, a lot of disappointment energy. That was my only like, I felt like I was disappointed a lot during this game. So even though there's always something to do, yeah, Mm. even though there's always something to do, that energy was a little bit, felt a little off to me. Because part of
2: this game is thwarting your enemy. It's playing mm-hmm. that card, knowing they think you're going to play a card, but you're going to play some other card that's going to knock them out of the order. And usually mm-hmm. when it comes down to, oh my gosh, I am I need this treasure piece, but guess what? I'm going to play a card that's going to make sure that you don't get that treasure piece. Or any that treasure That happens <laughs> in the game. So yes, Celeste, absolutely I think a player could experience those feelings playing this game.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it kind of leads to the fact that there's no best card in the deck. I mean, even though the captain is awesome, whatever, there's no best card because if... The, by the way that they are ordered in the turn, some of them can just completely negate the effect of the one after. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, going last mm-hmm. can actually be really powerful when oh, you yeah. want to mess with the rest of the board. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of yeah. Thinking, except
0: don't get stuck with a bad treasure. Yeah, and you're mm-hmm. thinking
3: that, Okay, did everybody play their bodyguard already?
1: I think mm-hmm. I saw all of a them. A lot of that.
3: And then somebody <laughs> find out <laughs> right.
1: you counted wrong. Whoops notebook baby you got to keep track of what's been already played and you know but it's very important but
0: also can't you pull cards that have already been played some characters get to pull and you don't have to mm-hmm. share do you have to share what you're pulling from the graveyard
1: from your discard uh i think the graveyard is a non-revealed like it's face down so i don't at least when the card that we played that fished out of the graveyard right it did not have to be told which card you fished out yeah so
0: a notebook wouldn't help you on everything there there is secret information okay there's some sometimes yes which i like that's good yeah
1: yeah just enough
0: enough. (laughs) okay explorers it's time to dig up or bury libertalia winds of gale crest let's start with evan
2: this game plays really well, I think, for a game that I found to be complex, but not too complex. So it hit a sweet spot for me. I thought it had nice mechanics, the rules and symbology, they were not overwhelming. It's a good mid-level strategy game that looked as well as it played. Digger up, me Hardy. Ed? Sure. Sailing the winds <laughs> of Gale can be a little wild
3: and unpredictable at times. But it's a fun adventure to get out to just the right play and snatch the best loot from their greedy claws. So I'll dig this up for another Battle of wits in the Sky.
1: <laughs> Mike? Strategizing your best move when all your opponents are on equal footing and nice mm-hmm. symmetry there. It's a lot of fun. It's like cat and mouse, you know? I like that. And uh, there's a lot of potential combinations basically almost giving you infinite replayability in this game. So I definitely want to dig this up.
0: Libertalia is a great looking game with lovely components and I would say top notch balance. Uh, But it just didn't grab me. I think a lot of it had to do with that energy I spoke about. It just felt somehow a little off to me. So I'm going to give it a light berry. All right, what old game would you like to see in an updated reprint? Let us know. We are at which game first on Everywhere. Our last game up this week is (laughs) Snoopy and the Red Baron, designed by Marvin Glass. Yes, it has a designer.
2: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Someone took credit. Wow. Someone's responsible. (laughs) Uh, (laughs)
0: Published by Milton Bradley, 1976. Number of players, two or two teams. Ages seven Mm. and up. Playtime, whatever. Mm. Who cares? (laughs) Don't know. Oh, my gosh.
2: Right there, Celeste. I know you're digging this game (laughs) up. (laughs) Yeah. No
0: spoilers.
1: No spoilers. Okay, Mikey.
0: Tell us what's in that big 1970s-style thick giant box.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Milton Bradley only needed three colors on this box, the red, the white, and the blue, to sell us a character as iconic as Snoopy, the Red Baron, riding on top of his house, wearing his signature helmet, goggles, and scarf. Inside, we find a hinged plastic doghouse that opens and closes, a plastic slide for the several marbles that came with the game. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, there was a plastic German warplane. A base, which is kind of what things clipped into, and a kind of a cardboard pieces, like freestanding pieces that plugged into that base, just to give you a scenery and kind of a backdrop so that the marbles don't go flying all over the place.
0: Yeah. And,
1: yeah. And that's what's in the box. <laughs>
0: all right. So many interesting pieces to this game. So many interesting mm-hmm, pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I want to say a couple of things. First, this game was a gift to me from a high school girlfriend, Meg. Thank you so, so much. <laughs> hey. She uh, got it in a huge thrift market in the city she lives in. Awesome. Um, and I cannot believe that it came with absolutely every part, every marble, <laughs> the little tiny pegs that go inside of the scorekeeping area. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Every cardboard piece, Snoopy that sits on top of the house, the stickers that go on the plane mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. The, the, and the the doghouse. I mean, really incredible. I, someone I hated th- the game. I, I think we are missing <laughs> one
1: little piece. I think the bottom wing of the double-decker plane was missing. Oh, That's really? That's the only part that I think oh, was oh, missing. Oh, what? Yeah. I knew yeah. something was Bottom off. wing
0: of the double-decker
1: plane? Yeah, it's supposed to be a double-decker, like, you know, Red Baron yeah. plane, yeah. It looks like it's intact. Oh, it's there. Oh, I see it now. Yeah, it's yeah. all there, baby. Oh, okay. I thought it was missing. Look at that. Look at that. Immaculate. Okay.
0: <laughs> so before we even start, Ed, when you first looked at this game,
1: <laughs> before,
0: <laughs> before we even started, what were your first thoughts?
3: I mean,
0: it was Snoopy.
3: And I thought, Oops. wow, Snoopy. And then I saw this setup up. I was like, oh, my God.
0: You're like, what is this toy? It's a toy.
1: That's what I I, thought. It looks like a toy. It looks
0: like a toy. That's what you thought. Mm. But oh, were you sadly mistaken.
1: (laughs) And didn't you have the
2: same feeling, though, when you opened Return to Dark Tower, when you saw that? Those plastic components that (laughs) that you had with with Snoopy and the Red Baron? (laughs) Uh, I mean... I. Not, huh? Not the same pieces.
3: Maybe the same general zip code. Name. Maybe the same zip code, <laughs> but uh, not, not the same.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: so yes, you have to actually set this whole thing up. You you mm-hmm. you jam the pieces together. I was amazed at how sturdy it was. Mm-hmm. Even the thick cardboard wraparound piece with like <laughs> Linus and. The Charlie arena. Brown. It's basically yeah. an arena. Yeah, it's like
1: a little arena, yeah.
0: There. I don't know why Linus and Charlie Brown and Lucy are all watching Snoopy mm-hmm. fight well, the Red Baron. I believe it was in Snoopy's head. So yeah. I'm not sure how they got there unless he's imagining them Well, him having around an around.
1: audience is in his head, too. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. Those yeah. peanut yeah.
2: characters had good agents in order for them to get their characters into that scene. <laughs> right. In which they <laughs> have absolutely no action whatsoever to do and right. nothing no to do purpose. with the actual game itself. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. The, the,
3: the feeling I had. I think Starly Brown summed it up. Uh, good grief. Yeah, that's it. Good grief. Good
0: grief. Yes. Good you can see the good grief. You could see mm-hmm. the good grief on your face, which was mm-hmm. the, which, which is why it was even more delightful to realize, Ed, that what about this game? It's actually fun. It's delightful. <laughs> I think you have fun, Ed.
3: I so, did actually have fun. I mean, I did not expect to have any fun with this. And um,
0: <laughs> it was delightful
3: only because it was fun to see Celeste agonized like over dropping the, the, the marble and having it screw up.
0: yes it was it was exactly what you think curse you red baron It's exactly what you're thinking when you play this game so ed hides if you're he's playing the red baron because you switch back and forth Mm -hmm. right red baron Mm -hmm. snoopy red baron snoopy when you're the red baron you're hiding behind a cool blocking thing at the top Mm -hmm. of the marble slide and then you're sliding marbles down Mm -hmm. behind it you drop your marbles oh what's going to come out what's going to come out Evan, what did you think of catching those marbles?
2: <laughs> it's, uh, it's neat. Because here's the neat part of this game. Uh, this game is really about engineering and understanding the relationship of uh, hand-eye coordination in the human brain. For example, I think the classic example of this is the goaltender and the penalty kick in soccer okay it's okay. been shown if it's been shown scientifically that the goalie when they're trying to make block that kick it's a guess they you, there is not enough physical time to react mm-hmm. to waiting for the human brain that goalie to see exactly where the kick is going to their left or their right the goalie has no choice but to make a guess the same sort of principles are in effect also in this game that marble is coming down a slide at a very particular angle, and I think <laughs> some engi- real engineering went into this, so that you so so that you have but the slightest chance to identify the color marble that's coming at you and make the physical choice to lift the gate or leave it closed down.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: so, lift so, the roof so there, and let
0: it in, or close it and block it out. For yep. as
2: simplistic as this game is, otherwise some real thought and actual science. Uh, can be found in this game.
1: I'll buy that. Absolutely. Now I I would say to add on to kind of what Evan said too, there's also a, a psychological and mathematical thing happening at the same time. So if you already caught two of the good marbles, you could just leave it shut for the rest of the time. And you're two points ahead.
2: But how are you going to
1: resist? It's hard to resist. There's the psychology, right? (laughs) You want to go for more. I actually played it the safe way where I would catch two that I liked and then just leave it closed or, you know, or knowing that, or quickly counting to see what's come through and knowing all they have is good marbles left, just leave it open. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? If you can do those kind of calculations quick enough, you'd be pretty good at this game. And for but, reference for yeah.
2: everyone listening at home, because we did kind of skip over the rules of this, not that there's many rules. Oh, sorry oh that. I got so excited
0: about get- talking about it.
1: Oh, I, <laughs> I, I let you go. I was like, yeah, yeah. you're on a
2: roll.
1: <laughs> just, just kind <laughs> of covering the rules now anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yes, and but go ahead, Evan. Give it. us some more details.
2: The player who's the Red Baron is going to drop a total of 10 marbles. Five of them are white and five of them are blue. In order for Snoopy, the person co- who's controlling Snoopy on their end, to collect positive points, you want to collect only the white marbles. You get plus one for every white marble. But if you open your house and you let a blue marble in, you get a minus one.
3: Yes. So,
2: so And this goes back to the math Mikey was talking about. You know there's 10 marbles. You have to count the marbles as they come down. You have to recognize the release rate at which the marbles are coming down because you can't send them which can vary but the release rate
1: can vary it can vary it depends on the dropper right yeah they can wait they can put two fairly close to each other so yeah
2: Yep. So you have to, and so there's some uh, inti- a lot of anticipation as well as what mm-hmm. you think is going to come and that could screw up with that whole hand-eye coordination, <laughs> your brain not being able to recognize. You think white marble is coming down. I know I'm thinking white I'm thinking, "Oh my gosh, it's blue. What do I do?" That's yeah. that multi mini fraction of a tiny bit of a second yeah. makes all the difference in the world in, in right. whether you are going to catch. And, it. and if
1: just if you just caught a blue one, now you're like on defense, so you might not open it cuz you're scared you'll catch another blue one and you miss the white one, you know, like it's it's crazy like that.
2: And the Red and Baron that, also has to think they can't be too they can't be too uh, repetitive with it. You throw down three white marbles, okay. Well, now yeah. you know that there's five stole five in there. You give yeah. you give the other player too much of an advantage who's playing Snoopy. So mm-hmm. the Red Baron has mm-hmm. to think about the marbles you're dropping as well. Yep. Yep.
0: Okay, and it further plays with your head because you switch sides every turn, which means. Mm-hmm. You psychologically have to readjust to which marble is good and which marble is bad to have in the <laughs> so house. True. Yes. So you have to oh, keep, wait. Is it blue or white that I'm trying to catch? White. Wait. I'm Snoopy. Okay. White. When before you're like, yeah, get those blues in the house.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's easy talking about it now after the fact, but get in there and you're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, the wires get crossed. I'm thinking, okay, I want to, I want to block, I want to catch the blues and block the whites. No, wait, no, ah, I'm
1: doing this wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not yeah. see that coming with this game. All that psychology and, and, worry, <laughs> and you know, I did not and see engineering it. and oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. I do think on. it
0: makes a lot of synapses fire in the mm-hmm. head while it's playing, and not the least of which is joy at watching the other person <laughs> completely implode frustration as they catch the wrong marbles.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yes, that. yeah, I'm surprised yeah. this is a kids game. There's some swearing that goes on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, a minor point, but overall, I do think it was designed well, too, in that the pegs that you keep score with sit right under the chute. It's a really nice little spot for it. It's a great mm-hmm. great way to integrate everything into this game. This game is very well integrated. I definitely mm-hmm. think there was engineering going on uh, in, in the design, yeah. uh, just for the look, not, not on top of what Evan was saying about the... Uh, the speed at which it has to come down the chute. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Just thinking about this game is like... It's giving it's you a, a little bit of anxiety. It is. It's a little <laughs> stressful. <laughs> okay, uh, explorers. It's time to dig up or bury Snoopy and the Red Baron. Ed? The game. Careful, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> the game has a
3: very nice shot piece of a toy. And the guessing game is a lot more fun than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Is it a game I would recommend <laughs> as a long-term strategy game? <laughs> Probably no. not. But <laughs> as Probably a nostalgic, be. collectible game to play a few times, absolutely dig it up.
1: Mike, I, I wonder if this game gets old quick because we only played it the one time so i'd have to play it a couple more times to see if it gets old um but it was really fun trying to guess what my opponents were going to do and making those quick calculations mathematically and psychologically to try to win this game which me and ed did win Um, (laughs) haha yes (laughs) I, i think i had enough fun to play this again so i'll have to say dig it up evan
2: Oh, Snoopy and the Red Baron—surprisingly fun. <laughs> it's, it, it, I mean, it's ultimately a guessing game. It's it, it, as far as strategy goes. There's not a lot there, but and I don't know how tiresome this game would actually get. You would think it would become tiresome, but I, I thought it was a fun activity with a group of good friends. So, for the sake of nostalgia, dig it up. Yeah.
0: Okay, so I have now played this game. I think with. Four different groups of people, mm-hmm. and probably over those four groups, maybe eight times, I've played this game. Wow. And it hasn't gotten old yet. and here oh, good to know. Here's nice. the charm of it. Exposing new people to this game, I cannot think of a single person you could expose this game to that would not engender moments of glee on both your part and their <laughs> part. So oh my gosh, for yeah. that reason, Uh, It is absolutely a dig up. This is a great nostalgic game of cat and mouse.
2: Here's a footnote, Celeste. Based on that description, this game would make a perfect game to go traveling in the back of a caravan from town to town to get people (laughs) to play for money because you would (laughs) (laughs) for for money,
1: for drinking game.
2: New people constantly rotating and introducing them in this game, you could make a mint. Yeah. This could be a brilliant drinking game, Mike. Bring a bar
0: to bar. <laughs> yeah, this right? actually would make yeah. a great
1: This would be a really drinking good
0: drinking game. game. <laughs> <laughs> bring, bring a little Red Baron hat to wear uh-huh. with goggles on the front <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, scarves <laughs> and everything. People come to Red Baron night. All right, all right. We've said enough
2: about <laughs> this You're thing. Come on. <laughs> 500 people in the main game hall all dressed as Red <laughs> Barons playing this game. Could you imagine wow. that?
1: Some oh,
3: helmets and scarves. Yeah. World War gaming
0: Championship, here we go. Yes.
3: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's an idea. Can
0: Snoopy finally beat the Red Baron? Let us know what you think. We are at which Game First <laughs> on all social media. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing from you and about all the board gaming you're doing. Did you go to the WBC? Let us know. Were you at Gen Con? We absolutely want to see pictures that we can repost. Reach out to us anywhere on social media and please leave us a like, a rating, or a review. It really helps everyone find the show. It's deeply appreciated. Go out there and give us a review. Happy gaming, explorers.
2: My gosh, it's full of dice stars. (laughs)
1: Curse you red baron! I was gonna say that. Curse you red baron!
2: <laughs> Me too! Curse
1: you, Red Baron! I
2: love you, Red Baron!
1: Uh, hey! <laughs> what? I mean I mean curse you, Snoopy.
2: Don't
1: <laughs> No, you got it all
2: wrong!